<laughs> hey, YouTube. This is literally take three. <laughs> Salutations and shit friends. Welcome back to another episode of Travel and Shit, your new favorite travel podcast, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about travel and how it has um, done a lot of shit. Not just change your lives, but, you know, not everything has to be deep, you know? It just changes perspectives and it gives you a new way to look at things because until you are given the opportunity to experience something you haven't experienced it, well, until you're given the opportunity to experience something you haven't experienced, you haven't experienced it. And that colors and things and makes a difference there. So that having a theme song hasn't gotten old. It's been, um, I want to say like a month now perhaps, and I'm still absolutely loving it so again thank you to the talented talented artist Abe um definitely check him out on Instagram Abe dot is dot Abe I think uh last week or the week before that I fucked up his Instagram name and said it like Abe is able but it's Abe is Abe so um actually my mom corrected me <laughs> so uh thanks mom so um if you are new to the show, thank you for joining. I'd appreciate if you leave a review, if you are on iTunes or on any platform that you listen to and um, help other people find the show if you do indeed like it. If you have been here before, same shit. I'd appreciate a review. Um, thanks for fucking with the kid. I'm happy to have you here and I am going to jump right into it. So... This week is a uh, follow-up from the rest of my Vermont trip. This will be the first trip or the only bout of traveling that I've done since COVID hit. And um, I was a little bit nervous. And at the same time, like, I wasn't nervous. Um, this was also my first vacation. This was the first trip that I took with a boyfriend and... Um, Y'all, I had such a magical fucking time, mostly because boyfriend's awesome and really took care of all the details, and I really just got to uh, show up and be pretty. I'm good at that, so there's that. Thanks, boo. Um, but we went to Vermont. We drove. Uh, because of COVID, I am still not looking to be on anyone's plane anytime soon. I've lessened my level of fear for air travel, seeing how many people have been able to do so um, safely and reach their destinations without incident. And uh, I've heard a lot of really good uh, reviews from friends. If you want to go back to, I want to say episode late 90s. No, I want to say um, possibly 100 or like one. Yeah, I think it's episode 100 or 102. I had um, Lola, 
episode favorite, uh, a show regular to come on and talk about her COVID travel. I'm scrolling back up for you guys so I can let you go, um, let you know. Okay, it was 103, COVID travel and illness with Lorena. Um, so after hearing her explain how, you know, empty the airports were and, you know, the whether or not airlines were doing the middle aisle empty, I've, you know, not been as worried about being on a plane, but it's just I'm still not there. I also don't really want to go anywhere uh, that would be easy for me to get to, i.e. Mexico. Uh, because I don't feel comfortable knowing that just anybody can go. I'd prefer to go someplace where I know that there are um, restrictions. But I mentioned all that in um, either that episode or the episode after. So I ended up doing a road trip. There is so much of our country uh, to experience and to see. And I own a car. I um, have been driving for all of my drivable years And I am comfortable doing road trips. And since boyfriend came, I had a road trip partner so that I didn't have to do the entire drive by myself. I did end up doing the whole uh, six plus hours. Um, I think I mentioned that I was in a great mood. So I was able to do the whole trip. We didn't stop until we got to Vermont. So I wasn't concerned with, you know, staying or not staying but like visiting a rest stop in an area that had really high rates but granted it is a um what do you call it a it's a rest stop it's not like it's your final destination so the possibility that people from anywhere are going to be there is very um obvious but all that being said it was probably one of the cleanest bathrooms I've been to I've been it I've been in restaurants nice restaurants with grosser bathrooms so I will say that about um, the bathroom that we stopped at. And we made it all the way there. Oh, yeah, I just said that. We made it all the way up there without having to stop before that. Um, so I asked you guys about what your questions were for me about COVID travel and any other questions that you had on Vermont that I did not answer for you first. Before I get into that, one happy birthday to my nephew, Tyler. I love you. Uh, the kid is 10. All the babies in my life, I feel like, are um, all our aunties. Uh, aunties' babies are all kind of turning 10 this year, and I am so happy. I'm happy that they're able to enjoy their double digits because, you know, we love those things as kids. So to Tyler, happy birthday. want to give a shout-out to Gabby of Pax Light for being uh, awarded, what was the title? Um, okay, she's she has been selected as Best Emerging Voice for 2021 for her work with Young Travelers Network Community and her part in co-founding the Black Travel Alliance. So congratulations to Gabby. Just want to give you a little shout out for all of the work that you've been doing. I've loved to see all of, I don't really want to say, oh, I've loved to see how much you grow, but I've like been following Gabby for a really long time. And when I tell you she has consistently been like a force of usable, usable information and humor and just, you know, relatable realness kind of content. And I definitely am excited for her and um, very proud of all the work that she's been able to do and especially excited that she took the leap and took the chance to um, leave her job, an engineering job, to 
pursue travel blogging and working for herself. So congratulations, Gabby. Um, started there. I just wanted to give you guys a shout out to all of you who have sent questions. So that's James Navi. We've got Iman All Day, Agamens LLC. Great soap, by the way. Um, definitely check her out. Um, Meowser Pan, and of course my mama. Hey, girl. Um, so all that being said, I don't know if everybody wants their name necessarily attached to the question in particular that they asked. So I would just want it. But at the same time, I don't feel like anything is real dicey or nothing wild. So figured I'd just lump everybody into one. Thank you and acknowledgement and then just go over the questions that they asked. Um, so one of the first questions was, did you try the apple cider donuts? Did not. I don't really care for sweets. I guess that's a fun fact about the kid. I'm more of a salt girl. I absolutely ate as much cheese as possible, though. I love cheese. Uh, Around this time last year, I dabbled with being vegan. And I did perfectly fine with it while I was in Europe because this same time... um, Last year, I was on my, well, getting ready to go to um, Tel Aviv and Amsterdam. And I've said it before, but Europe, at least in my experience in those two countries, in um, Israel and Netherlands, was very, very easy to be vegan. There were a million options, and there were not a lack of just, vegan slash vegetarian friendly restaurants to um, choose from. Uh, when I got back to the States, I I'd lasted like three weeks. And what really did it for me was fucking Wingstop. And the wings at the one that I went to weren't even that great. So it was quite, quite the fucking disappointment. And what made it difficult for me was I uh, was visiting uh, my best friend Dell in Kentucky and we went to the mall to get some shit and you know, the malls always have like Applebee's or Olive Gardens or, you know, chain restaurants that are here in the States. Well, we went to one of the chain restaurants and I'm figuring that, all right, so I'll get a really um, decent salad and I'll load it with enough vegetables or whatever so that I'll be full. Bruh. When I tell you that all of those salads, although were vegetarian, they did not give any um, directly labeled vegan options. So I had to like, negotiate with the server. The servers are all mad cool about it. They don't give a fuck what your your dietary restrictions are, really. But um, I'm trying to, all right, so I don't want this, I don't want that, and don't put that in. But it's just like, all right, so can you add this? And it was just, why am I doing so much work? And I shout out to all of y'all that are vegan and go out to eat with larger groups of people who aren't vegan or even smaller groups of people that aren't vegan. It's It can be very... Um, tiresome trying to create your own menu when you go places I guess also experience would add to that so if you're used to having to create your own menu then you know you kind of know what to go but being that I was new at it there are you would think that being I'm 35 you would think that being 35 I would just have a pretty good grip on the different um vegetables and grains and options available to me 
But you don't realize what you don't know until you're confronted in a situation where your your bank of information doesn't include something that will give you an answer to the problem at hand. So, um, yeah, it just was, like, hard to be full on the small scope of non-meat and dairy or non-animal product items that I'm familiar with. And that's another thing that I've got to say um, boyfriend has done. Had nothing to do with vegan. But my nigga knows wild shit about food. Like, I didn't realize that as much as I find myself to be a relatively easy eater, I don't have any, um, you know, health restrictions or dietary issues that restrict me from eating whatever the fuck I want. I didn't, and I find myself to be someone willing to try new things. I didn't realize how many different types of foods or different um, ways of preparing things that I am totally unfamiliar with. Um, he loves to cook, so he'll always say, oh, have you had this? Or what about one of these? Or I'm going to try doing this. Have you had And I'm, I don't even know what it is, let alone whether or not I've had it. So I'm like, okay, well, it sounds like something I'm interested in, but I can't say that I've had it before. And um, – that's one of the things that I will absolutely say that I miss about travel is being able to really put yourself in situations in terms of food and trying new foods and um, trying to navigate different, um, I guess, cultural norms in terms of foods to eat and introduce yourself to uh, that travel allows. So um, although I... You know, I think it's easy to stick with what you know when you're home. And when I'm home, I go, I don't, you know, I haven't been going to restaurants frequently. But if I'm going to order out, because I, by no stretch of the imagination, am a chef. I don't enjoy cooking. So I only cook when I want to eat, like, and not die. But I've gone to bed hungry, not for lack of food, but just for lack of desire to cook anything. Always have a house full of food, freezer stocked, fridge cabinets, always shit in there. Not the fridge. Sometimes the fridge be bare. But I just don't enjoy cooking. And all that being said, if I'm going to order food, I will absolutely just order from places that I'm used to or order things that I know that I like. And, um, yeah, when you're in a new country or you're in a new area, you I find that I am very much so more willing to try new things because it's part of the experience. So not being on the road, if you will, I think has kind of slowed me down in my pursuit of um, new endeavors. So although I did not try the um, apple cider donuts, I don't even really care for donuts, to tell you the truth. Um, I do enjoy chocolate donuts, but they mess with my stomach, so adult me is just like, nah, nah, fam, I don't want those problems today. Um, but I was looking forward to doing apple cider, but a lot of things, ooh, which reminds me, I got to remember where I put it. I did snag two bags of apple cider mix from the hotel we stayed at because, um, so we stayed in, now that I'm out of Vermont, I can tell you where I was. We stayed at... Um, an incredibly beautiful property in Johnson, Vermont, which is like OD small town, middle of nowhere. Um, 
So middle of nowhere, Vermont, and the property we stayed on was probably near 20 acres of just woods. And uh, we were probably, but now mind you, we were only maybe 100 to 200 feet from the owners of the property. There were two other homes on the property, and we could see them from the window. Like if I were to run outside screaming, they'd hear me. So that was cool. But at night, you can't even see the house. Like you can see maybe... 10, 15 feet in front of you if there's no light. Actually, damn, even with light, the light only, you can only see as far as the lights will let you see in your average light, even if it's like a motion sensor light or something like that. Maybe your your arc of uh, view is 25 feet. I don't, I don't know. Numbers aren't my thing. Distance, that's not my ministry. I just show up and let the spirit move me, if you will, or... GPS. But that being said, um, it was really creepy at night to realize that you're kind of like, it felt like in a sense being in a cell, not being able to feel safe looking out the window because I'm, I'm hoping most of us know that if all the lights are on inside and you look out into the dark, you can't see anything, but everything outside can see you. You're basically under a spotlight. So unless we had all the lights in the cabin out, I wouldn't feel comfortable looking outside because then I also don't want to, like that fear of if I look and something's right here, I'm going to lose my shit. So although I feel, I fear the unknown, sometimes knowing, like not knowing or not seeing something to make you even more afraid is more comforting than just not seeing anything at all, if that makes sense. Just the idea of if I look out this bitch and I see something and I'm not sure what it is, it's a dub. So at a certain point, like, I'd rather just not see anything, but that's still scary. But anyway, say all that to say, it was beautiful, but it was in the middle of fucking nowhere. So, Johnson, shout out to y'all. I don't know how y'all motherfuckers do it, but I guess that's uh, literal small town living. And I know that there are different versions of small town. Um, You know, there's population of 10,000 small town and there's population of like a thousand small town I don't know what the population of Johnson Vermont is but um you know library street I assume was named library because that's where the fucking library was like it you know actual streets with literal names always kind of um give me that feel of yeah there ain't many of y'all out here um but it was nice it was quaint, and we had a good time. So we stayed in uh, the cabin in the middle of nowhere for Monday through Friday. And on after checking out, we booked a hotel in Burlington, which was, according to my tattoo artist, shout out to the new tattoo. Um, if you'd like to see what it says, head over to um, my Instagram or to the YouTube Um and watch this week's video so you can see the ink that I got. This was actually the tattoo that I was the most afraid to get just because of its positioning. I was really expecting, especially this shit right in here, to fucking drive me insane. I was expect like, this one nearly sent me to tears. This one I got in Bali. This part of the ink, I almost cried. And I've not cried for any of them because <laughs> I'm a strong black woman. But... This shit right here, this shit right here, my nigga, I, I I almost was like, yeah, I'm good. I don't, we don't need to finish it. But, you know, once you start, you got to finish. 
So I was really expecting that this was going to hurt so bad. And I'd heard that, you know, this area can be really sensitive. Shout out to my um, tattoo artist, uh, Richard, for I believe it's pronounced Orkinal. It's like a play on original, I believe, and Orchid. Forgive me for fucking it up if I am. But um, Orkinal Arts in Burlington, Vermont. He's the sole proprietor, only artist. And I um, was absolutely looking for a, a black tattoo artist. Couldn't find one. So I figured, all right, well, I'll go with a uh, woman artist. So I called a shop that is, you know, uh, owned and ran by mostly women. And they weren't very um, helpful in terms of scheduling, or at least the young lady that answered the phone. I don't know if maybe she wasn't used to it or I don't fucking know. But I called and inquired about, you know, getting some work done that week. And she was just like, oh, yeah, just, you know, message the artist. I'm like. All right, well, so I'm supposed to message every... Well, I understand that everybody has different ways in which they get art done. For me, it's more of a spontaneous uh, experience. I don't schedule or sit down with the same artists all the time. And um, so the way that they, I guess, handle their or operate their business just doesn't work for me. So um, that didn't work. And I reached out to Richard. And when I tell you he answers emails expeditiously, you'd think it was a text message. So shout out to him on that level of customer service, which was very appreciated. Um, I've got a lot of really great content in the works. So I will um, definitely uh, get more into the tattoo when that happens. Um, But uh, for those of you that don't know, I have a travel sleeve on my right arm and I not only collect mugs and t-shirts and magnets like every other basic bitch that travels I also collect ink so I um don't even know how many I have at this point one two three four five six seven eight about uh eight or nine I think tattoos on my arm now And um, I've gotten them in different states and different countries through my travels. So that being said, we ended up booking, um, we enjoyed our short little stint in Burlington and the sunset. When I tell y'all that sunset that I posted on my stories, if you want to see the sunset underscore D carry or travel uh, like the podcast, T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N-S-H underscore T on Instagram. You can check it out either on my personal or on the podcast page. Um, the sunsets, we caught some incredible, incredible sunsets. But um, there's actually, uh, I believe, a question loosely around that, so I'll get more to that then. But we had a really um, short stay and enjoyed it and was just like, oh, let's stay a little longer. So we booked, uh, I believe it was the Hilton. Uh, there were two Hiltons relatively close by. We stayed at the Lake Champlain one. And we had views of the lake, which was fucking amazing. And we ended up getting another beautiful sunset from there. And um, what I did appreciate about the hotel was they actually were under construction. So the lobby kind of looked real like, mm, okay, not like dirty, but like just construction stuff in a lot of different places. But they've got, you know, the barriers between you and the front desk agent 
and they put that wrap thing around the remote control and they do not do um, like room service is your dining option. But in ter- like I wanted to um, have wine glasses because we still had bottles of wine and they are not offering um I don't want to say stemware, but they're not offering glasses at all, period. They're just like, well, there are cups in your room, basically. And um, the young lady that I spoke to at the desk when I called for the um, the glasses said, you know, I'm absolutely going to try my best to get you some, but I really don't think that we have that option now due to COVID. We are, you know, rest- limiting the number of the point contacts of which our guests are um, contact, what do you call it, um, interacting with items and all of that kind of shit, whatever she said. But... She did look, gave us a call back, and, you know, unfortunately wasn't able to uh, provide that. So I was a little disappointed, but life happens. Um, so um, the rooms were clean. I didn't feel, you know, that it was anything other than um, basic cleaning. I mean, you expect that a hotel is going to be clean. And we, you know, just wash our hands a lot, and we didn't leave the room. So, um, you know, it's uh, – Nice experience. Everybody there at the Hilton uh, at Lake Champlain was very kind. Uh, great interactions with everybody at every point. And even the parking was no contact. You get your ticket, put your ticket in at the end, and paid and you pull off. So I uh, did enjoy the entire trip. Um, we did Johnson and Burlington, and there were a lot of closures around, which was uh, to be expected, so no big deal. When we got to the city, if you will, when we got to Burlington, the young lady at the desk was telling us that the night of, I want to say the 13th, that Friday the 13th was the last night that in t- indoor dining would be available. Um, everything, of course, was at limited capacity, But as of that, I want to say Saturday, everything was going to be, you know, pickup only. So um, we didn't, we kind of like missed the window. But, and then also we were supposed to, you know, go and walk out on the town. But I decided it was a great idea to uh, drink a bottle of wine and spent most of the night just throwing it back up. So thanks, boyfriend, for, uh, (laughs) for that. Uh, for making sure I didn't die in my sleep. <laughs> so that is the one fun thing that I can say about not traveling solo is that you can make even you can make more poor decisions than you would by yourself. And as long as you trust your travel companion, you can live through it. That's my little piece of advice in terms of solo versus traveling with someone, right? Um so, yeah, we didn't spend a lot of time at all, um, you know, out and about and around other people. We did um, have one meal at, I want to say it was called the Krabby, Shab- Krabby Shabby, uh, something like the Krabby Shanty or whatever. The um, Our server, Tiana, was a dream. She was a sweetheart. Um, food was good. It wasn't, like, you know, great or nothing like that. I expected it to be a little bit better, but I guess, you know. Uh, no complaints there, and we actually were looking to do as much or as many um, stops at black-owned establishments as possible, so we absolutely stopped at Kismayo, which is a Somali restaurant, and that is also in Burlington. Anything black-owned in Vermont, for the most part, is in Burlington, Um, but that's like the 
main, I, I think it's considered the um, financial hub of Vermont. I don't fucking know. I think Montpelier is the capital, but we passed there or circumvented it on the way there from Johnson, I believe. Um, but Kismayo, Somali food, they have a very limited menu. And baby, let me tell you that they perfected everything on their menu. I had samosas for the first time. I believe um, Indian food, a lot of people have had um, Indian samosas. I think they're called samosas or Samoas. I think they're Samoas. Maybe samosas. I don't particularly remember right now. But them shits was crack. So, so good. Personally prefer the beef ones if you go. Um, But they were so kind, so, like, there was only one table where you could sit there, and we got there, like, really soon after they opened, so we were the only ones that were able to actually dine in. Everybody else had to come pick up their food, and it's not a large place. It's more of a, um, like, if you go to, say, my New Yorkers will know, like, if you go to a Crown or, like, a Kennedy, and they've got, like, or, like, a Chinese food restaurant, and they have more than two tables, it's, like, that size. You know what I mean? So it's a small place where most people will only go, to um, pick up and not dine in. Um, that being said, uh, everything was, it was nice actually that nobody else was in there with us, but Kismaya was wild delicious. Like, cannot recommend the food enough. And the service was so, like, they were just very kind and very warm. Um, so I really appreciated that stop. We went to uh, an African market out there that's also on Burlington. Really cute exterior, but they just have, like, goods and wares. Like, it's not um, anything that you, I guess, want to say. I don't I don't want to say to skip it on your trip, but it's not like you're going to go there for um, anything other than maybe, like, goods or ethnic goods that you won't be able to get at the Walgreens, if you will. So, um, like soaps, um, different, uh, spices, uh, different, like I saw they had, well, I think it was like cassava flour or something like, like a lot of things that you would want for your home or to cook that you wouldn't be able to get from say a stop and shop. Speaking of, they've got a chain of grocery stores called Shaw's. Let me tell y'all, they have such an extensive and extensive, fucking wine aisle like there's an entire like a walmart sized aisle of wine um like more than your midtown liquor store you know what i mean like they had um i was telling y'all i got uh bottles of uh, i don't know how to pronounce the shit last week i asked a boyfriend uh fifty dollars a bottle i everywhere else they are going to be more Told y'all I never had the shit before. I've just seen all y'all having the bottles and your little photos and stuff like that. So be prepared for me being a bad bitch at some point, breaking out the bottles that I bought in the near future and then letting y'all think that, you know, I paid retail for them, even though I'm going to remind y'all I got these in Vermont for the low from the motherfucking grocery store. See what I'm saying? Like, how great is that? Which reminds me I should probably put one in the fridge. Um, But, yeah. The alcohol in the grocery store, like high-end um, liquor, if you will, uh, in the regular grocery store, great uh, cheese selection. It's Vermont, so obs, right? Great cheese selection, 
uh, cured meats, pr- uh, what do you call this stuff, prosciutto, and um, I just started eating this shit, and I done forgot what it's called. Um, so, prasada. Damn, I love that shit now. See what I'm saying? Like, my whole palate is fancy now because of this nigga. I'm a whole new bitch. But, um, yeah, they have a lot of really, really good um, selections in the grocery store. I was very happily surprised. You would think that um, that level of small-town living. Well, actually, you know what? I guess it makes sense. Since you have to get everything you could possibly get from the store, why wouldn't you want a store that gives you, like, a million and seven different um, options while you're there? So um, I guess I would... No, not I guess. I'd absolutely love to see more um, comprehensive options like that in New York. But the the pricing would obviously match, and that is the downsides. Whereas the pricing out there was phenomenal. Like, we didn't spend, nothing seemed expensive to us out there. So I absolutely appreciated that. So Shaw's is a really cool little grocery chain that they have out there. And, oh, the bigger one that we went to, I think there was a larger one in Stowe that we actually stumbled upon on the way there because we were actually aware that everything closes at, like, 8 out there. And we rolled in to Vermont at around 8 p.m., a little bit after 8. And uh, we weren't going to probably get to the property until 9. So everything in the uh, little neighborhood was going to be closed. So we stopped at the grocery store, picked up some uh, stuff to eat. So that ended up working out perfectly. But it's kind of like a Wally Wally World because they also had, like, a pharmacy. They had, uh, you know, the stuff that, like, not just – what do you call it? But like the aisles that have all of the other things, like the Walmart-esque kind of things that you could possibly need for the house. Like you could get uh, towels and napkins and just not just um, small grocery store. Like, you know, the aisle at the grocery store that's usually like the shortest that has like other stuff. Still very extensive selection there. So appreciated that about the shores. Um, what else did we do? We stopped at, but that African market, we did still purchase something just because, you know, want to support black owned so we bought some spices and some teas uh we got that just to give money to black people uh what else did we hit up we did um so we're both cheese lovers and we absolutely wanted to go to the cabot factory where they manufacture cabot cheese which is delicious it's a brand of cheese it's not a particular kind of cheese they have a lot of different types of cheeses but cabot is the brand cheese and i'm i promise you y'all have all seen it before you just probably don't know off top if you're not uh intending to remember the type of fucking cheese that you're eating right so that being said they stopped doing their factory tours which great that's fine totally Uh, understand why you would close your uh, manufacturing plant to the public but they have a village store if you will that just sells their their entire line of cheeses especially their specialty cheeses and has a lot of uh, neighborhood goods in terms of syrup and coffees and um, all the little trinkets and shit that you would want to pick up while you're in Vermont so we drove like an hour out of our way to go there and the motherfuckers ended up closing early so I was really Really disappointed about that because we had gone so far to get there. Um, But there was a really interesting little um, village grocery store. And again, it the houses are so spaced out. It's kind of hard to get a feel for. So am I in a neighborhood or 
do y'all just live out here? You know what I mean? So it's a little weird. Being a city girl, to me, it's kind of hard to mentally picture, like, how, um, you know, like, how far does this neighborhood reach or extend, if you will. But they had the particular type of cheese. We both love Alpine, Cabot's Alpine cheddar. Shit's wild good. You're welcome. If you find it, buy it. If you are that one person that doesn't like it, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, you know? But um, they actually had it there at their, like, basically corner store. It's like the equivalent to going to the bodega and getting, like, some wildly fancy cheese. So that was uh, a refreshing, if you will, um, little conclusion to that sad story. But... Uh, what else did we do? So we didn't do that. We considered doing Ben and Jerry's, ended up not doing it um, just because it was going to be out of the way for the direction that we were going. And let me get to another question because I can't think of the other places that we did. So another person asked, how was your experience? What did you do? Basically answered that for you. Um, but my experience was incredible. I had a really good experience, and I would do it again. I would absolutely do it again for sentimental reasons. Um, the cabin was really beautiful. I intend to put myself through that trauma of being in the middle of nowhere again. Um, it's like one of those things that, you know, cute little people do when they um, – celebrate like a, a particular uh, anniversary or something like that. Oh, let's go back to the restaurant where you proposed or whatever. You know, that kind of shit. I could see going back there for some shit like that because it was um, a really, really nice experience. Uh, what was that? Um, so Vermont in general, because the next question is what is it like? And I think I'll, t- I'll jump to the other one and answer them together. Oh, so... We also were looking to go to Zaffa Wines, which is a black-owned winery. I believe it's completely woman-owned. And I want to say that there are two owners. One of them is a black woman. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. Don't quote me. I just know that it is black-owned. I don't know if it's black-owned because one of the two are black, but one of them is black. So we was going to give sis some bread. However, they um, also have closed their... um, I guess, production site um, to the public, but they have a tasting room that is open so that you can purchase bottles and, you know, uh, get a feel for what it is they produce so that you can still uh, patronize the business. Um, However, we got there and they were not open. We got there maybe 11 or 12 o'clock. No, probably 12 o'clock-ish, 12.30, and they didn't open until like 3 And we were already on our way out of Vermont after that, so we absolutely weren't going to stay for that. But I will say, let me just straighten this. They were in this really incredible um, collective, if you will, an art gallery collective where there are different um, little businesses in the front. I think there was one for, like, fermented pickles. Another was something else. And there were maybe, like, one or two other places that actually were open at the time. I just wasn't interested. But once you go, it's called, um, I think it's called Soda. It's called, the place is called, like, the building is called Soda. I don't remember what the acronym stood for. But there were a lot of mini galleries for artists and their work, whether it be paint, photography, 
collages, mixed media, sculptures, and then there were a lot of other art pieces on display throughout the um get the the space. So you're walking through. It kind of like feels like you're in maybe a school and you walk through the school hallway and you've got, you know, the art on the walls, but then there are classrooms and they're like small rooms probably I don't know, I'd say 25 by 25 size rooms, if not a little smaller, a little larger. I, again, am not, uh, admittedly, am not good with numbers, distance, spatial. Uh, That ain't my shit. So forgive me if I'm not giving you a great description or if I'm wrong on the numbers, but it was really nice to walk through and see all the different pieces of art that were on display and then peek into the different art rooms that uh, the different artists had their uh, pieces on display or just use the space to store things, display them. I don't know what they're, you know, who's doing what with what, but it was nice to look at. And it was a really, really cute little gem to stumble upon. So even though we didn't get to accomplish what we'd gone there for in particular, it was still an enjoyable little um little stop so if you're in the area um it's also in burlington there is a tasting room for the black owned uh winery and they are open in the afternoons you'd have to just check what their schedule is but if you go a little earlier or decide to stay a little bit later you can still enjoy the artwork that is on display and it's pretty um open for you to just walk through nobody stopped us nobody was policing us or anything like that the place was relatively empty there was nobody there Because if there were a lot of people, I don't do crowds, definitely wouldn't have gone in. Um, But we were the only two people. And I know that there was another artist because she ended up dropping keys someplace with someone or whatever. And um, she, you know, walked past us, but she was the only other person that we saw that was, you know, walking through the area. Um, So that was cool. And one thing to note that I absolutely was surprised by was and this will segue me into the next question was actually let me just read the question so it goes it's kind of like what is it like in terms of Vermont and this is I've never been but always assumed it's privileged white people central and did you buy my uh, maple syrup didn't buy maple syrup because I'm not a sweets kind of person I'm good with basic ass whatever syrup you give me if I do have pancakes, if I do have um, pancakes that don't already have fruit in it. So uh, my boyfriend's mom makes these incredible fruit pancakes. I mean, the bananas, the raspberries, the strawberries. Yo, wild good. I eat them shits dry because they're not dry. They're just fruit-filled pancakes, and they're delicious. If I make pancakes, syrup is needed. Um, I go to IHOP. The shits are delicious, but... I would still like syrup. But all that being said, um, yeah, I didn't buy maple syrup, but I, too, thought that Vermont was going to be a bunch of New England, just white folks that were not going to be kind or, um, you know, I guess outwardly warm. I won't say affectionate, but just outwardly warm, just, you know, polite to you, passing by on the street kind of thing. And I can easily say I still am not sure just because we really weren't around people. That was really um, one of the draws for the trip to me is that I knew that we would be able to be as limited with interactions with other people as possible. But 
two things on that. When we were parking the car in um, Burlington for me to go get the tattoo, um, now the guy that did my tattoo, Richard, was mad cool. But again, providing a service. You expect your service providers to be polite to you. Not the case. I remember we had gone into um, that first rest stop, the one and only rest stop that we stopped at on the way up. Boyfriend had said goodnight to the lady at the register. We were the only two in there, and she just didn't respond. Like, she just watched us walk out, and it was just like, oh, okay, cool. You don't got to say nothing. Like, we don't have to be friends, but it would have been nice. So that was, like, my first taste of Vermont. Like, as soon as we stepped into Vermont, and that's what was what we were greeted with. And so it was just like, okay, I'm expecting more of this on top of my, uh, not perception, but my um, anticipation of, like I'd already anticipated that, but I'm hyper aware of those kinds of things. Um, Anyway, like the curse of being a black person in non-black spaces when not for all of us. Again, we're not a monolith, but my experience of blackness has always been in the back of my mind. Like, so you you trying to be funny or you like you really feel a way like, you know what I mean? Like that race is always on my mind. So if someone doesn't respond to me or if they respond negatively or if they respond in a in a manner that I wasn't expecting, I immediately go to my mental list of what those possible things can be I'm always a nice fucking person that's just in my nature so when I'm met with any type of apprehension or negativity or rudeness well it's not because of the way I treated you because I just don't treat people that way so my follow-up is okay so there's something else about me that is triggering you because I'm not giving you a reason to uh, be away but that being said when we were parking the car in Burlington we had parked on the street and we were getting out the car and there were two women, two white women walking up the street and they were just like, Hey, and I was just like, Oh, so y'all just, y'all speak on the street. Cool. Cool. Hey, what's going on? Have a, um, you know, have a safe night ladies or whatever. So that, you know, surprised me. Um, I will say the uh, young lady at the hotel desk in, uh, at the Hilton, I, I think her name was Megan. She was so sweet. She was really kind. Um, and not really like the phony kind of kind, but like, just I'm a nice person kind of kind, you know, not this is my job. So I'm being nice to you. She did seem quite friendly. Um, and I did appreciate that because I'm really big on customer service. Cause if I'm spending my money with you, it wasn't my money, but still if his money is my money. So if we're spending money with you, I expect you to treat us as if our money spends as well as anybody else that spends money with you. You, you treat people that spend money with you well. And, um, I appreciated that she did such. So um, that was uh, refreshing for me. I did uh, appreciate that uh, the customer service was what you would expect of a reputable establishment, if you will. Same thing with the property owners at the Airbnb. We spoke with them on our uh, last day. And I will say a funny little... um, difference in personalities that came up in this trip was I am very big on if checkout is at 11 I want to be out at like 10 55 or like I don't want to give you any reason to charge me more or any reason to have a problem or any reason to hold me up from whatever it is I'm doing next I don't want to 
Um, you know, I just, I don't know if it's just that whole, now there are different ways in which this can be dissected, I am certain. And the first thing that comes to mind is, you know how, um, I don't, again, we're not a monolith, but I'm certain that my black ass friends can tell you that we've all gotten that talk before we got out the car. Don't ask for nothing. Don't touch nothing. And keep your hands to yourself. Don't touch, like, again, don't touch nothing is reiterated. And it's you stand right next to me or you hold my hand or you hold on to me. It's like you don't go out exploring things. You follow the rules. You go in, you go out, you mind your business. And I think that um, sometimes it, as you get older and you start to see the, um, in certain cases, not in all, and in certain spaces, not in all, you can see the disparity, not the disparity, but the difference in the way um, different cultures allow their children that opportunity of exploration. Um, You know, and I don't think that it is necessarily uh, right or wrong, good or bad. It's just an observation that I've, you know, I can speak to my own experience with. So if you tell me that checkouts at 9, I want no smoke. If you tell me checkouts at 11, same thing. I want to be out because I don't want to, uh, not necessarily I don't want to break the rules because I don't have a problem with necessarily breaking the rules as long as it's not going to cause me any, um, if I feel like I could get away with it. And something like checkout, I don't want negative reviews from the Airbnb host, and I don't want you knocking on this door, and I don't want you, you know, calling police. Or I, I can think of a million different ways things can go wrong. And when I tell you this man just didn't give a fuck, he was, like, cooking in a towel at 1130. And I'm like, oh, this is what we're doing. Okay. Um, sure. If you're comfortable, this is your Airbnb review, sir, not mine. But I was more apprehensive about it. And he was just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, we'll be out when we out. We ain't going to be here till 2.30. But, you know, he really wanted to cook some of the foods that we had because we didn't want to waste the produce. Um, that is another thing that I will say about Vermont. I don't know if this is all areas of Vermont. But in um, the cabin in Johnson, there were so many different ways to throw things out. And it drove me fucking crazy. Those are things I remember it was similar to, I think it was something similar to that in, I think when I stayed in Rome, like they had, like they were asking you to take the trash with you and throw it here on this day. And I'm just like, I'm not doing trash. I'm on vacation fam. I, but at the same time, I think that's one of those things that you kind of got to concede to. If you're staying at an Airbnb, you're technically in someone's home. So if there are garbage restrictions, rules and regulations and shit in their area, you kind of don't want to, was no smoke for them and then have it so that they can't offer the home that's one of them fine lines and one of those things that if you didn't know to check for it in certain areas check to see what the uh trash um rules are and they had composting they had um what's the other thing um uh shit um Composting, two different things, recycling, and um, hold on. Yeah, two different things, recycling. Then you couldn't put um, 
garbage and like there was trash, then there was compost, and then there's like recycling or something else. Excuse me, and thank you. The um, I just ain't. I did not like dealing with it. I promise you, I didn't. But I get it because you got to keep on keep in mind. Thank you that they're in the middle of the fucking woods. There's like I'm certain like. You, oh, that's another thing that I was thinking about. Not only do you have to drive to your fucking mailbox, but consider that you can't just throw your trash outside because you live in the fucking woods, bro. Like bears, deer, moose, muskrats. I don't know where muskrats are there or not. Raccoons, um, birds. There are wild animals. There's wildlife that um, you would be attracting to your property. So that was actually pretty fucking cool to me. Um, I understood that need to um, necessitate where and how the outdoor trash was like all the uh, bottles were supposed to be rinsed and they were clean and all of that kind of shit because, of course, you don't want to attract um, animals and bugs to the property. So I can appreciate that, but it was one of those things that was quite annoying. But, yeah, so that checkout um, disparity between the two of us was a uh, little initially a little uncomfortable for me. But then the host came out and, you know, she was saying, you know, just want to check, make sure everything's okay. And she was really cool about it. She didn't give a fuck. And she just wanted to make sure that we enjoyed our stay. And she had mentioned that she was intentionally keeping distance because they're an older couple and they just want to be, um, you know, aware of uh, making sure that their guests are also comfortable being on the property and not feeling like, because, um, you know, you go to a property like that because of its, um, isolation you know especially in these times now uh so i would absolutely recommend the property the get the host i mentioned it last week they paid such such detail to um such attention to detail there were even there was even saran wrap foil two different uh gallon and quart size uh ziploc bags any kind of spoon or utensil you could need to cook with they were actually pretty decent pots um not just like, you know, flimsy or real gross um, dollar store options. Um, They were all clean. They had, uh, you know, wine glasses, regular glasses. They also had paper plate options, full, like, real china plates. Not china, but, you know, um, a real plate as opposed to just paper plates. Um, So they even had the lotion dispenser by the, uh, on the kitchen sink. You had your dish detergent. You had the... Plenty of towels, uh, all the details, all of them. So really appreciated that. And the experience with the host was really nice as well. Uh, It's a husband and a wife, and her name is Becky. She was very kind, and I appreciated her, um, you know, kindness and being able to actually, you know, thank her in person, if you will, for the attention to details and for the really nicely kept property. So, um the small interactions that I did have with people in Vermont for the most part were all great. Um, I didn't experience any, um, you know, rudeness or anyone really, um, being nasty. Uh, I also was very aware that in the entire week that I was there that I did not see any men of color until Saturday. Yeah, there was, one black guy and he got in the elevator with us at the um the the hotel and I really wanted to be like yo fam you're the only one I've seen in this and and we've been here for a week but I want to make him uncomfortable but 
I mean, he was young. He looked to be, you know, our age or my my younger brother's age or so. So I don't think he would have been offended, but I'm like, let me leave this man alone. <laughs> let me not be on my shit. But, um, yeah, the only other time that we saw any other men of color was at Kismayo because it's owned by a Somali family. And um, they're black. And a couple of black guys came into the store to pick up orders um, or the place to go orders. So we saw that they are absolutely the place that everybody in the you would think it because there was a lot of traffic, which was nice that they were in their space and we were in our space. So I did uh, really appreciate that. But um, yeah, that was the only other, that was the only time that I saw any black men in Vermont. Um, I saw maybe two or three black women throughout the whole trip. All of those times were in the grocery store or our waitress Tiana at um, the Krabby Shanty or Krabby, I want to say the Krabby, the the Krabby Patty, but that's not the name of it. It was something that made me think of that. Um, But yeah, I think I saw three black women, a couple of Asian women. They were look. They all looked to be um, University of Vermont students. I know one of them had a UV uh, sweatshirt on, but um, and that was another thing I was disappointed about. I really wanted a really cute Vermont uh, sweatshirt or a long sleeve shirt. Only shirts I could find were short sleeve. Y'all, November, get with the shits. Put out some long sleeve shirts, sweatshirts. It's what we're fucking here for. No damn t-shirts. Y'all know y'all cold up there, so what's the point? But anyway. I um did not see many people of color uh, that trip at all. Doesn't bother, bother me one way or the other, but it kind of like went in line with what I was expecting. But what I was not expecting were as many Black Lives Matter signs as we saw. When I tell you it was like playing the license plate game, it was like, oh, there's one. Oh look in the in the yoga shop. There's another one. Oh right here on this one. There's another one. Oh it's a wall. It's a it's a yard sign. That there's one. Or you know quite a few uh, Biden Harris signs out. Um, there was one that said ra- there was like a huge digital billboard that said racism is a sin. Period. That was um, on the drive up. Or we were driving. We were on somebody's highway at that point, and I saw that one. Uh, Shorty saw a black trans lives matter sign which I'm so sad I missed but we were on we were driving through um Johnson on the first night on our way up there and he saw that one so these are really small towns and when I tell you just because I didn't see them didn't mean black folks weren't there however I'd never seen so many outward expressions of welcoming and acceptance of diversity without actually seeing diversity. That was wild to me. I, they have uh, the same way we have, um, you know, our streets that say Black Lives Matter, like written in huge letters. Like I know we have one on Center Street in Manhattan. I know we have one on uh, Fulton in Brooklyn. I want to say Jamaica Avenue in Queens. Um, I don't know where Bronx is at, but They've got their main street. It does say Black Lives Matter painted down too huge. I think it's about two blocks long um, on the street. And I was so tickled by that. 
Um, also, again, all of the different stores that have it um, posted in their shops. There was outside of the soda warehouse where I was telling you guys they have the artists and shit where they have their uh, stuff on display. They, it was painted on the, sh- uh, the ground as you're walking in. So it's like you step off of like right where the um, parking lot meets the sidewalk, if you will, and the entrance, the main entrance to the studio spaces, it says in huge letters, huge letters outside, Black Lives Matter. And, of course, some of the shops inside, um, I think I saw one or two of them inside, had little, you know, placards or um, posters or whatever notating the same. Even on the back, there was a mural, and then there was another huge sign like a uh, crossing sign, like in bright neon, I think it was either green or orange, that said Black Lives Matter. So, again, I have never seen such outward showing of um, welcoming inclusivity and um, diversity, yet not seen any diversity in the demographic of people that we saw. Granted, a lot of people probably weren't outside. We didn't really. Oh, and there was another, there was a black woman that worked at the hotel desk at the Hilton. So other than that, I didn't see us. We just wasn't there. And it, uh, you know, was, it, it wasn't anything other than what I was expecting, but I was genuinely shocked at how much, um, I guess you could say support for us blacks that uh, was shown in the communities. And again, these are like small towns, like the, I have to drive to my mailbox kind of small towns, or there's a quarter of an acre between all the houses or everyone, you know, there's only one house for the next half mile kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's just wasn't expecting it and was very happily uh, surprised. But see if there are any more questions so I won't say that they weren't privileged and I won't say that they can't show the rest but I didn't really get that New Englandy kind of you know and I've heard thing I like I was reading something I, I don't want to say it was a reddit thread but I was reading something somewhere while I was looking for places to um that I might want to stop because I know that there is a I think it's a is a Clemens family I want to say it's a Clemens family farm there is a black-owned farm up there, and I want to say, again, stats, numbers, not my thing. The national number, I think in the United States, less than 1% of farms are owned by black people. And I absolutely wanted to visit a farm owned by black folks. But, again, it's a private property. It's their home, so it made sense that they did not have – they usually do have, um, you know, tours and – um, events and things on the property, but because of COVID, that was closed. There were a couple of different museums because if you go to the um, Vermont State website, um, they, oh, and at the hotel, you also have to sign one of those affidavits that you, um, you know, followed their state's quarantine guidelines and that um, was the same at the Airbnb. So um, what was I saying? The COVID guidelines, uh, I really lost my train of thought there, guys. I don't know. But, damn, where was I? That is so frustrating. See, that's where having a co-host 
or guests would really alley-oop me. But, all right, so won't say I was saying something about privilege, New England, and mm, I don't know, y'all. But um, the last question was, did you capture the colors? And, yes, the photo that I posted was not edited. I didn't um, overexpose, underexpose, add any filters. That was just on my iPhone. Uh, I have a 11 Pro Max, and I point and click, point and shoot. I didn't do anything special. Um, like I said earlier, we saw some really, 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 really beautiful sunsets. Like the colors were insane. Um, I would like to think that the nicest colors were always visible to me over the water. Um, also the stars, I love anything celestial. I am all for the night sky, although I am a fire sign. I happen to be a Leo, which if you ask the cosmos, apparently I'm ruled by the sun. I guess I like the moon. I am personally uh, a fan of the moon and the stars, and when I tell you all them hoes was out, they was all out there. Sadly, though, I was too scared to sit outside and look at them because you can't see shit around you. Like, it's complete and utter darkness. So, darkness, darkness all around. Yeah, I wasn't with the shit. Like, we took our drinks out, I want to say, Tuesday I think it was Tuesday night. Um, if you watched my live, I went on a really great boozy hike. Um, we did a mini hike. Like, we walked for, like, maybe, like, 10, 15 miles. But the mountains where we were, actually, I want to say it was around 4, 4, 5, 4, 4.30-ish or so, it started getting kind of dark. And that's because even though sunset may have been at, like, 4.45, 5 o'clock, the mountains were blocking our access to the sunlight at that hour so it got darker where we were much sooner than I guess neighboring areas or areas that were more low-lying or not surrounded by mountains and shit but um yeah we went on a quick little hike went back inside for refills and came back out with like blankets to sit out and look at the stars and heard a noise he thought it was an animal I thought it was a people. I It was something weird. Like, I didn't think nothing natural could make that noise. And we weren't about to argue about it outside, so we just decided that we could both be wrong or right, and let's just go inside. So after that, I wasn't trying to be outside to really, um, you know, that which was sad. Like, I really was looking forward to um, spending more time outside at night, even if it was a little bit cold. Bundle up, you know, layers and shit. There's ways to get around it, but that not being able to see what's kind of right in front of you uh, was a bit much for me. On the drive back, I was starting to complain, like, yo, this is wild. Like, where are all the stars? Like, where I can't see, you know, Patty the headlights. I was actually saying to one of my coworkers today, I got city headlights. My shits don't really light nothing extra up. We noticed we were driving up the highway, and the car in front of us was probably three car lengths ahead, maybe six. And I could see their headlights were creating, like, this huge, like, dome in front of them. We could see the trees. We could see that we were actually driving on a tree-lined highway, whereas in my headlights, I couldn't even see the trees the fuck next to me. 
So there are absolutely <laughs> better sets of headlights out there. I just ain't got them because I don't need them. I live in the fucking city. We got lights everywhere. You know what I mean? Except for fucking Long Island. Y'all are kind of trash out there with that shit. I don't really appreciate it. Well, I don't really like going out there because I feel like y'all don't want us there. You got them itty-bitty-ass street signs. Ain't no lights. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's one thing that I would say if you're going on a road trip. Make sure that your car is uh, road trip ready, of course, with the obvious things. But depending on the weather, make sure you have you have the appropriate tires. Um, if you're going to be uh, traveling in remote areas, consider that they may not be paved as regularly or as well or may not be salted the way the streets in the city are, even though we can complain about it. Um, I don't know what their shoveling and plowing and salting or sanding regimens are out there. So consider that you might want to make sure you got the right-ass tires. Consider getting gas or making sure that your shit is full before um, you get to, like, quarter tank or, you know, half tank, depending on how much further you'll have to go once you leave, like, the main road. So we ended up, we had, like, half a tank by the time we, um, I want to say, got, no, I think we were, like, a little bit more than two no, we were about, we weren't at a half tank. We weren't at a quarter tank. We was that space in between, give or take. And we ended up stopping to get gas when we uh, went to the bathroom. And that was like an hour before we got to our destination. When I tell you, I felt so much better knowing we had a full tank of gas because not only couldn't I see anything going on around me, I, you know, didn't even know, since I didn't know what the fuck was going on, I would have been so scared that I was going to run out of gas someplace. Like, that's not, you don't want to run out of gas in the middle of nowhere. You don't want to run out of gas where you, when you don't know where you are. Make sure your windshield wipers is on point. You don't want to be, you know, squinting through uh, your driving when the roads are unfamiliar to you. Always go slower than you need to go. Fuck them niggas behind you. When I tell you them shits curve, and if it's really dark, you don't know what's on the side. Is it a two-foot drop? Is it a 12-foot drop? Is there a lake next to you? Is there a river next to you? Turns out, on the drive to the property, there's like two miles of river along one of the roads. And they are um, very narrow roads. There, It's actually a, about a, maybe a mile or so. Again, me and distance. Um, it's like a mile of dirt road from the main road to the property where we were staying. And that whole route is, which we didn't know until we got there, because even on the GPS, like it changed to night mode. So we couldn't necessarily discern that it was a body of water as opposed to um, like, and I don't know if he was just not looking at the map for that, but it turns out there was a river right next to where um, we were driving, and it's a lot of turns. It's one of those one lane, like, in and out, so somebody has to pull over, and if you can't see where you're pulling over, it, it yeah, it, it could be a little um, unnerving, if you will. And I'm a comfortable driver for the most part. I don't mind driving under um, too many different conditions. I personally would feel more comfortable being the driver, in conditions that I'm uncertain of only because I know that I trust my driving abilities. Um, not to say that I'm the only person that could drive, but I know that I feel more comfortable when I am in control. So there's that. But um, yeah, windshield wipers, 
fuck everybody behind you. Go slow if you don't know where the fuck you're going. Or if you don't know what's immediately to your left or to your right. And if you can't see that far ahead of you. One thing I learned on the road this trip that also gave me more agita along the way. Um, if you come across a deer and you're going too fast to stop, um, don't swerve and don't stop. Speed the fuck up. That's how you die. If you, uh, that bitch will go through your windshield. So if you're going like 10, 12 miles, 20 miles, chances are if you see a deer in the road, you can stop. But if they jump out at you, that's a different story. But if you're driving and you see a deer in the road and you don't have the time to stop or if you can't safely navigate around it without swerving, which, again, swerving and stopping short and all that can put you in worse of a situation than you need to be in, speed up, plow through. This way your car does what it's designed to do and it protects you by, like, you know, you hit that bitch hard enough that it flies up as opposed to you're hitting a brick wall because them bitches is heavy. They're large. Or it goes through your windshield and that's it. So that I didn't know. There you go. Um, and like I mentioned before, headlights. If there's a way to uh, clean the the glass or the headlight thing around your car so that your headlights shine brighter or illuminate more or allow you to see further or if you're able to just get headlights that are uh, better suited for dark driving. And by dark driving, I don't mean like bullshit nighttime driving. I mean driving when there aren't any uh, streetlights per se. Absolutely uh, throw them hoes on if you can. Um, I think that was the only thing. Definitely get gas because, like I said, you don't want to be gasless out there or you don't want to be concerned with gas or have to navigate out of outside of what you're um, anticipated route is in an attempt to find gas should you be in uh, the middle of nowhere and trying to find not only find your destination but now worried about whether or not you're going to have enough gas to get there or whether or not you'll have um, gas to get back out. So consider also if it was difficult for you to find it or if it took long for you to get there from uh, the, um, the main space that you were at, like the main highway, you still got to get back. So you may have enough to get there, but realize that you still do have to return to a part of town or an area where you'll be able to gas back up. So consider that as well. Um, trying to think of anything else that may come up. I know that there were a couple of other black businesses. Um, Oh, I think I remember what I was saying. If you go to Vermont state website, I want to say, uh, Vermont, travelvermont.gov or something like that. If you go to uh, Vermont's website, the travel board, they have a list of different historical sites of, like it's called the African American Heritage Trail, I want to say. And there are a bunch of different sites that have significance or importance in uh, black history throughout the state. And you can visit some of those sites. And I was looking at a couple different uh, museums, but of course those were all closed due to COVID as well. But uh, there, I want to say, was one marker in one space. Actually, wasn't Johnson. I don't remember what it was. But, um, yeah, I would absolutely consider going to that website or any state's um, travel board, uh, their, their travel website for, you know, additional travel information or a relatively decent directory of 
different places to visit in the area. So I'm hungry, and I think y'all have had enough of me talking about the trip in Vermont. So again, thank you to those of you that reached out with your questions. I got them all. Um, There is a ton of content to follow up, so definitely look forward to that. And in order to check that content out, be sure that you're following me at underscore D-C-A-R-R-I-E and at T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N, S-H underscore T on Instagram or at the website, travelshippodcast.com, so that you can um, get your eyes on um, the cabin tour that I posted as well as the content to come. So uh, that's pretty much it. Appreciate y'all for listening. Don't forget to leave a review if you like the episode. Five stars. Appreciate it. Love you so much. And um, if anything comes up, you have any questions or suggestions or anything that you want to see more of or less of, shoot me an an email. I am very easily accessible at uh, dcarry at travelandshitpodcast.com. So, all right. Thanks for coming back for another episode. And if you're new, it was a pleasure to meet you. And don't forget that travel is more than vacation. Bye, guys.